1: The free agency review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie, Guys, the final four is this weekend. Two games on Saturday, the championship game on Monday, which means the time is running out for you to take advantage of one of the biggest betting weekends of the year. Now that Zion Williamson and Duke and that juggernaut team are out of it, who will reign supreme? Can Virginia overcome the shame of being the first number one seed bounced in the first round by a 16 seed and come all the way back for the ultimate triumph of hoisting the trophy on Monday night, if you think you know, you need to hit up my bookie and place your bets. They have something for everyone and my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They've been in business for years and their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business and the best part is they pay out fast when you win. So bet with the best and then kick back and enjoy what's left of March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with my bookie today with promo code BEARS25 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid, and let's get back to the business with our free agency review. new laptop who this? larry d back what's going on everybody the free agency review episode of the bears talk underground did you miss me it's been uh, been a couple of weeks uh, a little bit longer than i said it was going to be i apologize uh for that it's this weird thing that happens to me uh in the off season where i just uh i i the it's it's funny it's funny because i can't for some reason, just make myself get to the computer and get started. But once I finally get there, all of a sudden, I'm ready to work. So here I am. I'm sitting. I'm in front of the laptop. The software is fired up. I'm recording, and we are back. So uh, we have uh, Eric Lambert from SportsMockery.com and NFLMocks.com. You can follow him at Eric Lambert one on uh, Twitter. That's where I found Eric, and I asked him to come on to the show and talk to us about the Jordan Howard trade. We'll be getting uh, to that a little bit uh, later on uh, in the show. And, um, you know, going to break down uh, the free agency moves, the Bears, uh, the uh, additions, our subtractions, and uh, and what have you. Uh, we missed out on a couple of guys, or at least rumors would have you believe uh, that we did. And um, some other little nuggets and uh, we'll get to those nuggets now why don't we um you know today is uh it's thursday april the 4th and of course that means since it's the beginning of april we have gone through april fools and last week uh i saw a um uh, a bone chilling announcement made um uh via via twitter like through the beat writers uh george mccaskey the um uh, the head honcho over there in Hallis Hall, uh, said that uh, the Bears would be uh, releasing a new uniform for 2019, a commemorative uniform that the Bears were going to wear uh, this season. And of course, I immediately start to freak out, A, because I am a self-professed uniform snob. You guys know how I feel uh, about uh, uniforms and, you know, it's just from my uh, my my life as a, as an artist, a graphic designer. I've been drawing my whole life. These kind of things, just I I pick up on this stuff and it bugs me. It really does. And you guys know it is well documented how much I loathe the orange jerseys. Uh, I did see on Twitter today that they will be back in twenty nineteen. So just put a gun in my mouth right now. Uh, but the Bears are talking about an exciting uniform that they've been working on, that they were going to reveal to the world this week, and oddly, it showed up on April Fool's Day of all days, and it just so happened that um, the it was an April Fool's joke. It turned out to be a, a ruse that, uh, that the Bears decided to pull on the rest of the uh, world, uh, and <laughs> It was kind of clever, I guess that uh basically the what what the joke was was that because it's the one hundredth season uh, of uh of Chicago Bear football, that everybody would be a three digit number this year, so like Mitch was doing Mitch trubisky was doing an interview wearing a jersey that said one hundred and ten, and they showed pictures of Khalil Mack uh, Tariq Cohen um. Akeem Hicks, all wearing three-digit numbers, 196, 152, 129, uh, and so on. So uh, the Bears went through a lot of trouble for this. They released the video. It was about a minute or so long talking about it. George McCaskey was talking about how this is what they were going to do for the 100th season. Everybody was going to wear a three-digit number. It took some convincing, but the league is going to allow it for this season, blah, 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 blah then a little bit later on in the day about a 22nd video came out and it was basically it almost looked like an outtake it was Mitch wrapping up the interview and then as he's getting up off the chair it's a shot from behind and across the back of Mitch's jersey it says april fools so there you go um you know if if it had it, it came out on april fools so you took it with a grain of salt but you never know, and then they they brought out the video, so it uh, at the end with Mitch says, April Fool's across the back. So that is not the new uniform. However, the Bears did announce today that on June 7th, this big fan experience to commemorate the 100th season uh, over the summer. They're going to have all kinds of Bears, you know, future, you know, past, present, and beyond uh, show up to this uh, event where they will be revealing a uh, – a new uniform to, to be worn this year. So we're up to four uniforms or four jerseys, if you will, that we're going to see in 2019, the regular Navy, the regular white, the orange, and whatever they're going to unveil in two months' time at this big uh, kickoff event uh, on June the 7th. So um, prepare for me to be sweating bullets uh, on June the 7th to see just what Uh, possible abomination could be taking place that we might have to watch the bears wear a couple of times this year and unfortunately probably have to watch them wear on thursday september the 5th because since the last time that we talked i'm pretty sure i don't know if we talked about this last time Uh, but since the last time we talked the nfl has announced it's not a rumor anymore it is fact The Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers will kick off the 100th season of NFL football on Thursday night, September the 5th. So not the defending world champions raising the banner. The Patriots will do that on Sunday night football. The Bears and the Packers, the oldest rivalry in the NFL, the greatest rivalry in the NFL. We'll do battle at Soldier Field to kick off 2019 and the 100th season of NFL football. I am very excited uh, about that. Um, I, I, I will be either more or less excited about it once I see this uniform the Bears are going to most likely wear on opening
0: night. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where
2: are you? Coming! So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
1: Uh, On September the 5th. But, um, you know, we get to see our bears... Uh, up first it's very exciting and uh, hopefully to do the opposite of what we did on our last week one kickoff against the Packers and and come out on top so uh, but here's to here's to that so uh, very excited uh, to see that the um, that the Bears and the Packers that the NFL is is you know going you know making a turn here and not doing the defending champ thing and, uh, you know, doing something a little different to commemorate this very special season that we're all about to bear witness to uh, in the 100th year uh, with the Bears and the Packers uh, setting things off. So very much uh, looking forward to that and uh, getting that Thursday night bye week thing out of the way, even though the Bears are still rumored to be playing Detroit on Thanksgiving. The rest of the NFL schedule comes out later this month. Uh, I think I saw a post on Twitter today. I spent a lot of time on Twitter in case you hadn't noticed. Um, I saw a post on Twitter today that said like the last five schedule release days have been like the 20th, the 21st, the 18th. And there was one that said the 14th. That was weird. But it's like out of the last five years, it's always like the third week in april so the 20th the 21st i think there was an 18th and a tw- and a 19 uh in there so a couple of weeks from today i'm assuming uh will be around the time that we can expect the schedule to come out and that's when you can expect me to be back to review the schedule and and what the rest of it may hold we know one game we know one game for sure, its date, its time, its location, Bears-Packers week one at Soldier Field. We know at some point throughout the year the Bears are going to be on the road uh, at Lond- in London to take on the Oakland Raiders. They'll be the road team uh, for that game. We know who they're playing, but uh, you know for the rest of the games, we just don't know when. So uh, we'll be finding that out a little bit later on. Uh, this month and that's when the itch really starts to set in you know the free agency is done and you know all of this uh, preparation the OTAs are going to start soon um, and uh, it's, it's all very exciting but it's still the off season, and there's still some free agency things happening from time to time and and all the rest of it and then the schedule will come out and then all of a sudden 2019 season is real. We know when and where everything will be taking place. And that's when the itch really starts. That week before the draft, when the schedule comes out, then the draft happens. Then we go off a cliff for about two and a half months. Well, you know, yeah, we get OTAs here and there, maybe a, a free agency signing or a, or a trade or something to fill the air. But for the most part, it's up to you and me to figure out how to fill the dead space from the end of April to the to the end of july essentially when training camp starts before the season really uh gets rolling but it's like when the schedule comes out that's when it's like oh is it september yet you can just feel the hives breaking out uh it's not football season yet i don't know how much more of this i can handle so yeah, around that time, I'd say another two weeks or so, the schedule will be coming out. Also, we can expect, uh, hopefully, I've uh, I've reached out to him, uh, our draft uh, expert, our resident draft expert, uh, Scott Wright from DraftCountdown.com. Hopefully, having him back on the show to preview and review uh, the draft should be an interesting conversation uh, for us Bear fans this year, considering that we don't pick until eighty-seven in the third round thanks to the khalil Mack and anthony miller trades uh this past season so um speaking of 87 it it's it, it it made me think about how we've been talking since last season about the bears and the rams having this kind of parallel to them well here's a few more i mean and this is a crazy coincidence and in, in, in a lot of ways i hope this does repeat itself okay So let's look at 2018, year two under a head coach, or year one under a new head coach, a brand new offensive system with a second-year quarterback. That's exactly what the Rams were in 2017. First-year head coach, second-year quarterback. They had a great level of success. They went from worst to first, won their division, hosted a playoff game. The Bears went from worst to first, won their division, hosted a playoff game. Both teams, the Bears and the Rams, lost that home wild card game to the defending NFC champion. Now, granted, the Bears lost to the also Super Bowl champions, but last year, the LA Rams lost to the defending NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons, in the wildcard round. So both made early exits very close uh, one-score games that uh, came down uh, to the wire and uh, both teams having their seasons caught short both teams the following season didn't have a first or a second round pick the Rams traded their first round pick for Brandon Cooks their second round pick for uh, for Marcus Peters to, to get him away from the Kansas City Chiefs of course the Bears traded their first rounder for Khalil Mack their second rounder for Anthony Miller and this is my favorite one both teams didn't have their first pick in the draft until 87 in the third round I mean, if you line it all up, guys, if the Bears just keep following suit, we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. So hopefully we don't lose it the way the Rams did. But I'm liking our chances in 2019 if all this stuff keeps happening. I mean, it's just history repeating itself. No first or second round pick for the Bears, just like the Rams didn't have one. We're picking at 87. And, you know uh if if this, if this follows suit the bears are going to win the win the the division again we're going to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl you know i can dig it i can definitely handle uh the bears uh, heading off to the uh to the Super Bowl going to Miami and uh trying to right the wrong that was Super Bowl uh 41 so um you know we they they were the rams were better in 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 year 2 than they were in year 1 uh, under McVay they won more football games which wasn't easy they were 11 and 5 this year they went 13 and 3 if the Bears went 13 and 3 that would still be an improvement on the 12 and 4 record that we had uh, a year ago and the Rams got a bye and that's what helped them succeed hopefully the Bears will be able to pull that off and get a, avoid the wild card disappointment and get to the division round and kick some ass and head back to the Super Bowl. So just pointing that out. I've I got a weird mind and an eye for things like this, patterns and things like that, and that's just something that jumped out at me when I was uh, looking at the further comparison between the Bears and the Rams and to see how well uh, these stories line up. So anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's uh, get to the, to, the, to the guts of it. Why we're here. We're here to talk about the Bears, our beloved Chicago Bears, and their offseason and what they've been up to. Now, considering everything that the Bears have done, uh, the way that the season went, uh, as good a football team as we had, uh, despite our disappointing exit uh, in, in the wild card round against the Eagles, there wasn't a lot that the Bears really needed to do. And and granted, there's still a lot of time left in the offseason, there's moves still to be made, there's draft. Uh, to go through so on and so forth the Bears aren't done making the moves that they're going to make but up to this point their big free agency splashes uh, have all been uh, made at this point there's still some interesting names on the board but most of the chess pieces that are going to be moved have made their move uh, already like the Bears kind of held out or at least, Bear fans held out hope that uh, we would add depth at the outside linebacker position by taking uh, Justin Houston, who was released by the Kansas City Chiefs. He ends up signing with the Indianapolis Colts. There was rumor that the Bears might be in talks with uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the, the, you know, the, just before the the those rumors started, the Bears um, made a uh, they made some moves. They did some 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 uh, contract. Uh, reshuffling some uh, contract restructuring that's the word i'm looking for um taking uh khalil max guarantee or his uh his salary something like that to convert it into a signing bonus which freed up cap space uh like 11 or 12 million dollars in cap space and everyone thought that maybe that was money that was going to be set aside to try to sign uh bell he signs with the Jets. There was also rumor about Mark Ingram possibly joining uh, the Bears, the running back for the uh, New Orleans Saints. He ends up signing, I believe, with the Baltimore Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. So those interesting names did not come to Chicago. Here are the names that did. Um, let's start with the uh, the most recent signings. Uh, Patrick Scales, our uh, long snapper, he is staying in Chicago. Signed a one-year deal to uh, yesterday. Uh, Aaron Lynch, uh, after making visits, I think to Seattle, he also visited with the Colts as well. Resigns with the Bears on a one-year deal. Uh, Tyler Bray, our third-string quarterback, a one-year deal. Pat O'Donnell looks like we're not getting a new punter after all. Two years, four million for Pat O'Donnell uh nick williams a defensive tackle re-signs on a one-year deal uh roy robertson harris isaiah irving rashad coward were all like i think exclusive rights free agents or something of that nature all signed uh one-year tenders to return to chicago so all those guys uh, are coming back ted larson uh left the bears i forgot where it is that he went but he's back uh on a one-year deal uh ben broniker our reserve tight end signs a two-year deal to stay in Chicago, and let's see. Am I forgetting anybody else? Okay, so those are the those are the 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 depth guys, the fillers, uh, you know, the roster fillers, uh, if you will, for lack of a better phrase. Now on to the uh, to the bigger names. Um, well, let's talk about some of the losses, and then we'll talk about who we replaced them with. Uh, Adrian Amos ended up not staying. Uh, in Chicago. As a matter of fact, neither did Bryce Callahan. Both of those guys found new destinations. Adrian Amos headed to Green Bay uh, to play for the Packers. It was a four-year, like $37 million, so he'll be making $9 million a season. Good for him. Unfortunately, he'll be wearing the green and gold of the Green Bay Packers. Um, so twice a year, I will not be rooting for him, uh, obviously. Um, and we replaced Adrian Amos, with HaHa Clinton Dix, uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, most recently of the Washington Redskins, a one-year $3.5 million deal, and there was a lot uh, made about the fact that uh, Clinton Dix uh, made it a point to let everyone know that he had better offers from other teams, I guess more lucrative. He came to Chicago because he felt it was his best chance to win a championship. He wanted to be a part of the culture, and he gets to be backfield mates with his former college uh, uh, teammate, eddie jackson who also went to the university uh, of alabama so uh, he he wanted to be a part of it when he talked to eddie jackson eddie sold him on the culture and the winning tr- you know the winning ways of the chicago bears and he felt it was the best spot for him so he signs a one-year 3.5 million dollar deal to join our beloved chicago bears uh bryce callahan ended up going to Denver. We all thought that's where Adrian Amos was going to go. Bryce Callahan instead uh, follows Vic Fangio out to Denver on a three-year deal, I believe, something like $21 million, I believe, was the uh, the contract for him. Uh, instead, the Bears went ahead and actually first they signed Buster Scrine as our, our new nickel corner from the New York Jets. Three years, f- $16.5 uh, million, dollars. so yet again, Ryan Pace getting a bargain uh, on a player to uh, fill the spot. They speak very highly uh, of uh, Buster, who has uh, had a problem with penalties, but then again, he was playing for the Jets, so he probably had to bend the rules a little bit to even the playing field. But uh, playing with the with a much better defense in Chicago, things might uh, shore up a bit better for him. Quarterelle uh, Patterson, a two-year deal from the New York uh, from the New England Patriots, now comes to the Bears. Two years, $10 million, and I just read an article today about uh, Matt Nagy is, and I quote, a kid in the candy store with Cordero Patterson, or Cordero as his name as he needs to be pronounced. We need to figure that. We need to get that right, guys. Cordero Patterson, uh, formerly of the Vikings, the Raiders, and now the New England Patriots. Now he's a Chicago Bear, and I think that we just uh, took care of our kick return problem. Not that it was a problem, but you know Josh Bellamy's not supposed to be returning kicks for us he's not that guy speaking of Josh Bellamy he left as well also headed to the New York Jets i think he signed a 2 year deal uh with them unfortunately um you know i i i really enjoyed the role that Bellamy was playing on the team this year not to mention i'm i'm pretty sure he was a very popular uh locker room guy also headed to the Jets Daniel Brown uh our one of our reserve uh tight ends uh, following Bellamy over to the Jets, who came out with some new uniforms today, and the uniform snob in me, meh. I don't. I the uniforms themselves are not bad. You know, I, I like them actually. Uh, it's a little bit uh, different. Uh, it's not as uh, not, no Kelly green like they had before. It's a little bit. Uh, they call it Gotham green. That's what they're calling the uh, the color, um, and I don't mind that the Jets went back to the green helmets. What I didn't like was that they gave it like that chrome, that shiny finish. I probably would have gone with more of a matte, more of a flat uh, finish than what they, you know, that chrome. Not a fan. Maybe they'll change that, but nonetheless, uniforms, not bad, not bad. So who else did the Bears sign? Mike Davis running back from the Seattle Seahawks, a two-year deal. Uh, And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in depth a little bit more later on. Uh, not long after that contract was signed, the Bears went ahead and pulled the trigger on the trade uh, to send Jordan Howard to the Philadelphia Eagles. And like I said, we'll have uh, Eric Lambert here in just a minute to uh, talk about that uh, trade and uh, what it means uh, to the Bears, what it means to the Eagles, uh, how I felt about it, how Eric feels about it, and uh, you know what we think it will mean uh, to the team uh, going forward. Let's see, am I forgetting anybody? The Bears signed Marvin Hall, a uh, uh, wide receiver from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Apparently, he is lightning in a bottle as far as his speed uh, is concerned. He's also uh, been kicking, you know, returning kicks for the Falcons. So the Bears are going to have some options there uh, with the speed. And let's see, I think that's everybody as far as we high on Clinton Dix, Marvin Hall, Buster Scrine, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, or Cordero, excuse me, uh, Patterson. Those were the big signings. Those were the big five. We brought back Aaron Lynch. That was awesome to see him come back because after I got over myself and stopped calling him Mr. Sandy Vagina, he actually did play for the Bears in the 13 games that he was healthy uh, this season. He played very well, and uh, I really liked what he did uh, this season. Other losses for the Bears we lost Bellamy to the Jets, Amos to the Packers, uh, Kevin White. And I wish this guy all the best, man, because it's not like he was a buster of a player. He never found his way onto the field last year. I mean, obviously that doesn't speak well uh for him, but he uh he signed a one year deal with the Arizona Cardinals, a new scenery, a new start. And um, you know, I, I hope it I hope it works out for him. I really do. We don't play the Arizona Cardinals, so for all I care he get 1500 yards and 30 touchdowns this year. Uh I really hope that 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 things turn around uh for Kevin White. It just it just didn't happen for him in Chicago. Unfortunately, that does happen in the league from time to time, but uh you know, I think he can rest knowing that it wasn't because he was a lousy football player. You know, he missed out on his chance just because And to take a page out of our good old friend John Fox's book, the best kind of ability in the NFL is availability, and Kevin White was never available. So uh, even when he was, Matt Nagy liked his other options more uh, than him. So he's moved on. He's on to Arizona. Uh, He's a Cardinal now, and um, I hope things work out for him. And I hope he, at at the very least, has a decent uh, career and uh, he can uh, catch some passes and and uh, live his NFL dream uh, other departures offensive line depth this is what made Ted Larson uh, the re-signing of Ted Larson so important we lost both Brian Whitman, who I did really want to have back and Eric Cush both signed with the Cleveland Browns so uh, heading off to the organization that is definitely trending up that big trade for um, Odell Beckham Jr. really kind of lit up the NFL uh, when it happened And finally, other subtractions, Uh, tight end Deion Sims was let go, Cody Parkey, I know everyone was shocked when Cody Parkey got let go, and Sam Acho, also not happy to hear about Sam Acho being cut, but he was a salary cap casualty after missing 90% of the season last year with a torn pectoral muscle. So these free agent signings, I really like them, actually, Uh, the Buster Scrine one, is the only one that I'm really worried about. Uh, you know, got a little sticky fingers when it comes to to penalties and such. Uh haha, Clinton Dix. Uh, I'm liking what I'm hearing from him. Uh he's playing on a much better defense than the ones that he's had a chance to play in. You know, the the Packer defense has been on decline the last few years. And then he was traded to the Redskins. Also not a very good football team defensively uh last season. He's gonna be surrounded by a plethora of talent on the defensive front um with the uh, with the Bears. And like I said, he also kind of has that uh that instant camaraderie, that brotherhood with Eddie Jackson, who we shared the backfield with in uh Alabama. So I mean those guys uh they they know each other. Eddie is probably a very big reason why uh why Haha Clinton Dix signed with the uh with the Bears and um you know hopefully a year from now we're talking about man hopefully we can sign uh you know clinton Dix uh and, and get him to come back after the year he had in 2019 for the defending super bowl champion chicago bears um, mike davis I, I don't really know much about him so we're just gonna have to wait and see uh with him the word on him though is that basically he is a better version of jordan howard uh, he will be that that kind of banger that inside runner uh but he's better catching passes out of the backfield Uh, something that uh, a Jordan Howard did not start off his career doing well and then last year never really got a chance uh, to do it whenever anything came out of the backfield it usually went to uh, Tariq Cohen so we'll have to wait and see on on uh, on Mike Davis and uh, I talked about Buster Skrine Marvin Hall I know absolutely nothing I had never heard of Marvin Hall until we signed him so obviously that's a wait-and-see kind of guy, but Cordero Patterson, I am very excited about him. I mean, look at the way that he was used in Minnesota. Uh, Look at the way that he was used from time to time uh, in New England. I mean, there were times where he took handoffs as a running back out of the backfield. So, I mean, this is why uh, Matt Nagy uh, when I read that article, and I, I believed it. Matt Nagy is like a kid at a candy store with Cordero Patterson because of this guy's versatility. Not only can he be an amazing game changer for us on special teams in the kick return game on kickoffs, but he can also be, you know, he can be a receiver for us. He can be, uh, you know, he can run a reverse, that that jet sweep that, uh, that Nagy likes to run so much. Cordero Patterson is actually good at running the football out of the backfield so he would be a perfect guy to run something like that with so uh, I'm very interested to see how the Bears are going to use him Uh, after winning a Super Bowl in New England he's coming to Chicago hopefully to win another one and uh, I'm excited to see how the Bears are going to use him and and, uh, uh, how how he uh, fits into this offense another weapon for Mitch and company on the offensive side of the ball and you can never have uh, too many uh, of those so very excited, uh, about, uh, about these guys. And it's a very low key free agent class. No big splashes. Like we had a year ago, we signed Allen Robinson right off the jump, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, spending that big money, adding those pieces. This wasn't that off season. This was more about tweaking, uh, adding depth in, in some positions. Like you, you heard me talk about all the guys we brought back, Nick Williams, um, you know, Tyler Bray, Aaron Lynch, uh, uh, Roy Robertson, Harris, Isaiah Irving, Rashad Coward—these are all guys that are going to be backing up Khalil Mack and um, you know Kyle Long and and uh, Bobby Massey and things like that uh, on the offensive line. These are all depth players. These are the ones that we needed to secure. It really wasn't the top. There wasn't really there wasn't really any starters that we had to replace aside from Amos and Callahan, who we replaced with Clinton Dix and and Buster Scrine. The other twenty starters are already locked in. After after we signed Bobby Massey, we re-signed him before free agency started. That locked up the entire offense. We're set on offense. We sign Mike Davis. Then Jordan Howard becomes expendable. And then on the defensive side, uh, you know, nine of our eleven starters were definitely coming back uh, for twenty nineteen. And we replaced them with with Clinton Dix and and Buster Scrine. It was more about filling in that 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 you know the other two thirds uh, of the uh, of the roster with guys like Ted Larson and Isaiah Irving and Roy robertson and Harrison bringing those guys back uh, to uh, to to fill out uh, the roster with some quality players so and I think the Bears have done that so far. Now we get to see Ryan Pace work his magic. Uh, and 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 he gets to start in the rounds where he's done the best so far he starts at eighty seven in the third round uh we got a fourth round pick we got fifth rounder, so we'll see what he can do uh with the with only five picks uh this year and see how that uh all works out uh for us so Those are the free agent signings. Those are the free agent acquisitions. Right now what we're going to do is bring in our new friend Eric Lambert from uh, sportsmockery.com and uh, nflmocks.com to talk about the Jordan Howard trait. And uh, I recorded this a few days ago with Eric. Uh, I've been meaning to do this show all week long, but I've, uh, like I said, hard to get motivated and also didn't help that the changing in the season's been on the weather and didn't really feel like it uh to be honest with you but um you know stick around after the interview got another couple of things i want to talk about and uh laying out what's ahead uh for the rest of the show but without further ado myself and eric lambert from sportsmockery.com talking about the jordan howard trade <laughs> And in the wake of the uh, Jordan Howard trade, I thought it might be a good idea to have to bring somebody else on the show to kind of hash it out uh, with me, whether he's in favor or against the uh, the trade, just to have uh, another voice in here uh, to talk about it. And uh, I have a new voice uh, on the show here to help us out with it, uh, Eric Lambert. Uh, you can find him on SportsMockery.com and NFLMocks.com. You can also find him at Eric Lambert One on twitter eric thanks so much for coming on the show man
0: it's a pleasure man thanks for having me
1: so eric let's let's talk about this trade and and it's uh if it's felt like an inevitability since uh, matt nagy was hired because pretty much as soon as nagy got hired the rumors about jordan howard possibly not being a good fit possibly you know uh somebody that the bears might be looking to move uh it sounded ludicrous a year ago at this time uh with You know, not even – everyone's thinking that hiring Nagy would be a blessing uh, for Jordan Howard, considering that he was basically running into a brick wall of humanity because we had no passing game in the first two years of his existence. But 2018 proved that at the very least, Jordan Howard wasn't a back that Nagy at least liked to use very much, and it seemed like a more inevitable move as the 2018 season came to a close.
0: It's true. You know, I think people got an education last season that – not all backs are created equal, and that coaches more than ever before are looking for players who fit scheme. You know, you always like to find those guys who can fit any scheme, like a Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, one of those types. But by and large, more often you get guys like Jordan Howard who can be really good in one scheme, also a bad fit in another one. And some coaches try to adapt their scheme to a player, and sometimes it works, but more often than not it doesn't. So, unfortunately, Matt Nagy got what he could out of Jordan Howard. He got over 900 yards. He got nine touchdowns, and that's pretty good, but it's not the level of – Productivity you expect from Jordan Howard, who had over a thousand yards his first two years. So it was clear that he wasn't quite comfortable in Nagy's scheme. And rather than try to continue to, you know, force a square peg in a round hole, the Bears decided to send him to a team who might be a slightly better fit, who need running back help, and, you know, got a draft pick for him, even though he's in the final year of his contract and he's coming off what would be considered a down year in terms of his regular production. So All in all, I understand why people are upset that Howard has gone because he was such a good player for three years. He was a warrior, and, you know, people love that. about him a blue-collar type player who just fits this city. But at the end of the day, you have to understand it was a business decision. It was not personal, and the Bears are going to be better for it because they're going to start to put people that Matt Nagy wants into this system.
1: Yeah, especially with the, the signing of Mike Davis, who's uh, apparently supposed to be better at the things that Jordan Howard, uh, has not displayed the best of, which is, uh, you know, more specifically catching the ball, uh, out of the, the, the backfield. And, you know, there, there was been a lot of talk about, you know, maybe the Bears didn't use Jordan Howard properly. Like everyone's talking about how the, the Philadelphia Eagles run a similar RPO type offense. So how is it going to be better there? Well, Doug Peterson apparently likes to more, run a more of an inside zone type thing, the, the kind of moves that that Howard did best with in in 2016, 2017 when he ran for over a thousand yards. And, and Nagy likes to go more outside uh, with his backs. Do you think it was more about how he was being used, or do you think he just wasn't really much of a, a good fit for Nagy? Period.
0: I think you you actually got it reversed. Howard of an outside zone runner. He likes to get those stretch plays examine where the blocks are gonna be and then just choose his hole from there and it's it's, it's his smooth but not necessarily fast running style. Whereas Nagy, if you watch last year, he called a lot of inside zone up the middle between the guard type runs and that's never been Howard's strength averaged, I believe three seven yards last year doing that and the year before. So it's never been his strength while well, Mike Davis last year averaged four points between it between the guards so that's been the strength of his ever since south Carolina. stand why he uh, interested the bears and getting in three million dollars over the next two years that's a pretty good deal if you're going to pair him with cohen and what i believe will be a draft pick so all in all i think the eagles probably run at zone it's been sort of their mo with Doug peterson so i understand their interest there i don't know if they're going to keep him long term he feels at this time like a rental that they spent a you know a round pick on so you know it's a good purchase for them and the fact that the bears get themselves another pick be what looks like 10 picks next year you know they've set themselves up pretty well and i think they've got a guy who better fits their system i'm not going to say he's going to be a star but i think he fits what they do and they can get something out of him and this is something that nagy's done before with guys like Trick spencer ware so he's not intimidated by this he believes that davis can do some good things for them and they still have cohen who's an explosive weapon so i think they're gonna they're gonna be just fine and i think how well in philly
1: yeah I, I the the only issue that i really had with the trade i mean considering that like you said it's it's been one of the the worst kept secrets in the nfl that the bears might be shopping him ever since uh uh, Nagy was was hired. My issue is more so that we traded him to the Eagles, a because it's in the NFC and b because we play the Eagles uh, this year. So I mean, I'm not a big fan of that to have Jordan Howard averaging a uh, you know a a yard and a half a carry for the first eight games of the season. Then we play him week nine, and all of a sudden he's rattling off eight yards a carry and runs for 250 on us or or something like that. It's just something that kind of always happens uh to the bears. So that uh, truthfully that was really the only thing that I didn't uh like about the trade was not so much that we traded him. I really didn't even mind the compensation. I was more so having an issue of where we actually sent him.
0: And that's and that's fair because the Bears have been burned like that a few times in the past. Everyone remembers Cedric Benson leaving in free agency, going to the Bengals and then burning them. You know, them trading other players and whatnot. And I understand that. It it kind of stings when that happens to them. But at the same time I'm willing to bet that the Eagles made the best offer for Howard and Ryan Pace had to be pragmatic. Yes, they're in the NFC, yes, they're probably going to meet them in the playoff chase at some point because they're still a really good football team, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to make the best business decision for your team and he he weighed the risks and said, you know, this is the this is probably the best we're going to get, so he took it. And, you know, he's gonna to have to deal with the consequences one way or the other. So I understand people being nervous and upset about that, but at the end of the day, you're gonna to have to be you're gonna to have to go through Philly regardless of how regardless if Howard is there or not. So, you know, send him there, get the draft pick, and just, you know, weigh the weigh the results as they go.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned uh the how the Bears are set up for for next season. We still won't have a first round pick thanks to the Khalil Max rate. However, uh, one of the genius parts of the Khalil Mack trade, besides actually getting Khalil Mack in the first place, was that the Bears, uh, or, or Pace, I should say, also wrangled a second-round pick out of the Raiders. So we don't have a first, but we have two seconds. We have, what, what possibly two-fourths if um, uh, for a, comp- a compensatory pick for either Amos or Callahan, an extra fifth-rounder that we projected to get for Amos or Callahan. So I think that gives us three if the Howard pick becomes... Uh, a sixth round, but overall, we ten draft choices uh, for next season, and we all and a lot of them are like fourth, fifth, sixth round, and we know how, what uh, Pace's batting average is with those picks thus far.
0: Absolutely, I mean Pace has really set himself up well. I mean the fact that he used the Khalil Mack trade to get cut, to get basically the pick that he gave up for Anthony Miller back that that's absolutely stunning. I cannot, I still can't believe that the Raiders agreed to do that, but the fact that Pace was able to pull it off only makes that trade look even better. The fact that a lot of people were worried coming into this draft, you know, the Bears only have five picks, they don't have a first or second rounder and you know they're sort of biting the bullet here because there's really not much else they can do in terms of acquiring more picks for this year they're probably just going to have to deal with it and get the best they can but the fact that Pace was able to set himself up next year 10 picks two in the two in the second round you know and then you sort of stockpile picks for the fourth and fifth where he's done really well with Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, Bilal Nichols, Jordan Howard I mean, you feel really confident about what they can do in terms of building for the future while also competing in the present. And that's exactly what a good GM is supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I was I was uh, when when you kind of laid it all out there because you wrote an article, I believe, yesterday on Sports Mockery about how Ryan Pace is basically has a better plan in place than uh, after his blockbuster trade to get Khalil Mack than Jerry Angelo did after his uh, blockbuster to get Jay Cutler. Uh, back in 2009. So and, and and when you laid it all out like that, you know Angelo really did kind of piss away the prime years for the Bears. In you know tw- you know like 2009 and 2010 were okay seasons, but it's like when Cutler got hurt in 2011, after he got he got fired after that and everything, it just seemed like he did not have the same foundation for success that that Pace seems to be setting himself up for.
0: Well, the thing about Angelo was making the trade for Cutler was the right. He was an upgrade in terms of talent at quarterback. He was a Pro Bowler, so you completely understood why he did it. The criticism wasn't with the trade itself. The criticism was was with how reckless Angelo became with his remaining picks after the Cutler trade. People forget that he still had second round picks in the 2009 and 2010 drafts, so he still had an opportunity to get some really good young players from those drafts. But then he trades out of the second round in order to get an extra fourth-round pick uh, in the 2009 draft. And that pick became Henry Melton, who became a pretty decent player, but then he got hurt, so he really didn't last long. And the other pick that they used as part of that trade was Jerron Gilbert, who was a complete you know, trash heap. You know, he, he didn't do anything, yeah. so you, know, you, you give that up, that doesn't look like a good trade. And then the next year, you got that second-round pick, but you give it away before that draft even happens to get Gaines Adams from Tampa Bay Who played only a few games for the Bears before he unfortunately passed away because of a heart condition. So that's two picks you basically gave up for nothing except Henry Melton, who became a decent player. But, you know, that hardly makes up probably could have gotten had you just kept them. So giving away two such valuable picks and two what would, what ended up being critical drafts for what was an aging team, you know, that's basically the reason he probably ended up getting fired, and why the Bears ended up so slow to fall downhill because they couldn't replace their older veterans.
1: Yeah, that was uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a tough go there. Uh, as like 2012 <laughs> was was a decent season, or it started out really well. We started out seven and one. We go three and five down the stretch and missed the the playoffs. So we get rid of Lovey, and then the wheels really came off. We hired Tressman instead of Bruce Arians, and then John Fox was was a failed experiment but finally we have Ryan Pace with the coach that he wanted and uh you know we 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 suffered through those first couple of years uh, under under Fox with uh, with a weak roster and then Pace really turned on the Jets last year in free agency and and he's been hitting on his on his draft picks he he definitely seems to have a a better plan in place to to to, to have the Bears succeed uh going forward
0: and that's the thing, you know, he's, he's been very calculated and pragmatic about, he's been about using his resources, right. Times to spend a lot of money going after players who are a little on the younger side, still career, like Alan Robinson, he's a classic example, but he's not, he has been afraid to be aggressive in the draft. He traded up for Leonard traded up for Mitch Trubisky, Traded back up for Anthony Miller. He's going after guys he feels can be long-term solutions, but at the same time, he's also picked certain drafts to add more. Let's see, 2000. he had more than seven picks. I believe last year he had more picks, and and next year, despite only having this year, he's going to have 10 picks. So he's being able to stockpile resources for the future while also being aggressive for the present. And that's the sort of the balancing act you need to have as a GM in the NFL. And he's been doing it very well, not just with the draft picks too, but he's also been careful with the uh, spending in terms of salary cap space. He's always been flexibility while also being able to pay his players, Khalil Mack, Hakeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, all all his in-house players that he's been trying to keep. He's been doing it really well.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to unfold next off season, especially because guys like Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen will be on the last year of their of their rookie deals and, and uh will we be able to to keep them happy so they don't hit the open market when their prices uh when their price tags will skyrocket and uh you know, we'll be able to keep them in a bear uniform for the long term. Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that's all going to uh, unfold. But um uh, any final thoughts on on the Jordan Howard trade? Like, how did you feel about it personally? Uh,
0: from a fan perspective, I was upset only because that I only because I love Howard. I, you know, he's the quintessential Bear, and you just love seeing him every Sunday. He was one of my favorite players when the Bears drafted him. He, he just fit the city and the team so well. But the person who who has followed the league for a long time soon came to understand why the Bears were doing it as good as Howard has been. He's not what you'd call a quote-unquote special player in terms of his talent. He's not elite in that regard. He's just a good, solid football player. And as much as it pains the fan in me to say that you can't keep him, you understand the business perspective of it, that the Bears can still win without him. And it's hard to admit that, but it's also the truth because this team was driven – by good quarterback play and a great defense last year and that's sort of where they're keeping their focus they can always find more running back help elsewhere and many times by this team alone not just not just their teams so the fan in me is upset but also the business of the nfl points out that they can just fine without him
1: yeah no I'm, I'm pretty much on the same boat with you i'm, I'm not happy to see jordan howard go but uh Like I mentioned before, it's, uh, it was one of the worst kept secrets that the Bears might think about, might be thinking about moving him and that he might not be the best fit. Uh, like I said, a year ago, that sounded ludicrous. It's like, well, how do we know? We haven't seen him in the offense yet and thinking that hiring Nagy with a more wide open offense would be to his great benefit because he wouldn't be the only aspect of the offense that we have anymore and that it would open things up for him, you know, having a passing game to go along with him. Running the football, but in 2018, you know he he wasn't the same uh, running back. He wasn't able to uh, be as productive as before. I I saw a highlight reel of Jordan Howard's best runs that came out just after the trade, and all of the ones that were selected for that particular clip. And I know that you know he did have some decent runs in 2018, but all of the de- all of the highlights in that clip were from 2016 and 2017 when he was right. over a thousand yeah. yard uh rusher so i mean that was just one thing that i noticed when i was when i was looking at that so um you know i I too wasn't uh you know not happy to see jordan howard go but like you i understand this was more likely to be an inevitability than anything whether it be now or after the draft when they find somebody or draft someone in the third fourth fifth round uh, of the draft this was probably going to be happening no matter what
0: yeah and you know it's it's just the state of the nfl man Everybody can be paid not everybody can be kept and Howard was unfortunately the man out and I wish him well I think he's going to do just well here and if they don't end up keeping him he'll find a nice deal elsewhere and be a really good running back for somebody else you know I think his career is going to continue to do you know do well as it has up to this point the good player and he's going to have a good long career and I wish him the absolute best
1: yeah and I think you and I can both agree when we say we'll be rooting for him. Except for those days when he happens to be playing our beloved Chicago Bears, so <laughs> exactly. Eric, uh, uh, thanks so much uh, for taking out the uh, for taking out the time and uh, for joining us on the show. We'll uh, look forward to having you back on sometime here in the future, Eric Lambert. You can see him on sportsmockery.com, dot You can find him at Eric Lambert one on Twitter. Eric, thanks so much, man.
0: Absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for having me.
1: eric lambert sportsmockery.com, mockery.com nfl mocks.com and you can follow him on twitter at eric lambert one on uh, on twitter like i said and uh i want to thank him for for being on the show did so on short notice i kind of like i said at the beginning of the interview just kind of wanted to have somebody else on the show to kind of balance that off of and uh i'd never spoken to eric before but i reached out to him uh he got back to me and um You know, like I said, only bing, bang, boom, about 15, 16 minutes. uh, We talked about uh, the Jordan Howard trade and and basically how uh, Ryan Pace is uh, doing the opposite of what Jerry Angelo did uh, after he made his blockbuster trade uh, for Jay Cutler back in 2009, which uh, today it was either today or or, a day or as I think it was the, the second or something like that, that ended up being the 10 year anniversary of that trade. And, and looking back on it, you know, would you consider it a success or a bad trade or anything like that? And I, I will absolutely concede that that trade did not go the way that we wanted it to. But it did, in fact, do what it was intended, which was to solidify the quarterback position for the Bears for almost a decade. You know, we got eight seasons uh, out of Cutler as our starting quarterback for better for worse he was definitely better than just about every quarterback we had there before him since like jim mcmahon uh or anything uh like that i mean he was definitely i'll always look back uh, on on the on the color era as a as a what if kind of thing because uh i'm pretty sure eric and i touched on it um and and I've and ever since the uh, the anniversary came around, I've been listening to podcasts and reading articles, and 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 the the general consensus is, was Jay Cutler a franchise quarterback, or, or or you know was he a carry the franchise on my back kind of guy? I think we can all agree that he wasn't, but I think that we can all agree that he was a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback. He had the tools uh, and everything. He was a good teammate wasn't exactly i think built for the chicago market you know where he's going to be upfront and centered. he's not a face of the franchise uh, kind of uh, guy his personality it just doesn't suit uh, his personality um and the biggest tragedy of it all is that we will often wonder what could have been when it comes to jay cutler or at least i will because we didn't do uh, or we when i say I, jerry angelo and we talked about it with with eric is that you know, Angelo did not give Cutler the tools that he needed in order to succeed. When he joined the team in 2009, I think we were still looking at, uh, like, Earl Bennett and Devin Hester being, like, one and two at wide receiver. And the fifth-round pick that we got, like, we got Cutler in a fifth-round pick for those two first-rounders and a third, and we also sent Kyle Orton uh, to the Broncos. With that fifth-round pick, we drafted Johnny Knox, who was good for the Bears, in his short period of time before he suffered that catastrophic uh, back injury that ended his, uh, you know, that cut his career uh, tragically short. But, you know, it just, uh, I mean, the funny thing is the Bears actually ended up winning the trade because we got Johnny Knox and Jay Cutler. The Broncos, on the other hand, got like one decent season out of Kyle Orton, and then the draft choices that they went with did nothing for them which is why I, I, I laugh at the idea. We talked about this on the last show. I laugh at the idea of, uh, of analytics and you you know perf, you know um, experts and stuff like that saying that the Raiders won the Khalil Mack trade. There is no way you can say that now. There is no way you can say that now. With the way that Khalil Mack popped last year with the Bears and these picks that the Bears gave the Raiders, are going to have to do a hell of a lot better than the picks we gave the Broncos worked out for them uh, in order for it to look like... Because we got a perennial pro bowler, a future Hall of Famer, a once-in-a-lifetime talent. The Raiders are going to have to get at least two of those <laughs> with these picks to to for it to look like they ended up winning the trade. So I, I laugh at the idea that you can say now for certain the Raiders are on the top half of that Uh, the trade there's no way and and looking back on it despite it not going the way that we would have wanted it to the Bears won that trade because the Broncos got nothing out of the picks that they uh, that they got from us and the Bears got eight years of service and a good wide receiver in in Johnny Knox uh, in return on that trade so I, I think the Bears won the trade And like I said, I'll always play the what-if game when it comes to Jay because it wasn't until year five in 2013 that we started surrounding him with tools, with Alshon Jeffrey, went out and got Brandon Marshall, we signed Martellus Bennett, put a better offensive line uh, in front of him. And just when when the Bears finally did that, Urlacher retired, Peppers, you know, it was like the defense just got old all of a sudden and they started getting hurt, you know, Peppers... Uh, didn't have a good year in 2013 Henry Melton went down for the season with a knee injury week three in the season peanut Tillman was banged up long missed a lot of time uh, with that tricep uh, injury ended up having to go on IR uh, for that Lance Briggs missed some games with like groin injuries and And stuff like that. All of a sudden the defense got old literally overnight and we went from having like a top five unit in 2012 to having a bottom five unit in 2013, which just completely offset the fact that we had a top five offense in 2013. And we've been doomed ever since. So finally rebounding now with Ryan Pace and the football team that he is putting together. And like we talked about with Eric setting himself to, to maintain uh, this level of, uh, of greatness. We got 10 picks in next year's draft in 2020, including two second rounders. So, I mean, it's uh, you know, Ryan Pace is doing just fine uh, uh, right now with what he's doing uh, with this uh, football team. But uh, like I said, with Jay Cutler, it was too little, too late. Once we finally got an offense put together for him, we had no defense. When for the first five years that we had him, it was all defense and whatever we could, we threw it out there uh, on offense and had very little success. And his favorite weapon, uh, we just happened to trade away to Carolina uh, for a third round pick. So, you know, and of course, I'm talking about Greg Olson, the one guy he liked throwing the football to and uh, could have been a hell of a football player for the Bears ended up getting shipped off because Mike Marts doesn't use tight ends. That's that's why I made that trade, not because Greg Olson wasn't productive or anything. Mike Marts doesn't use tight ends, and the Bears didn't want to have to pay him uh, what he was going to require uh, in his second contract. So, yeah, that's, that's why Jerry Angelo got fired for doing stupid things like that. So, yeah, disaster, disaster is what that guy ended up being. So... I'll always look back on, on the Jay Cutler area or era, I should say, with, uh, with bittersweet thoughts about, you know, we had a good quarterback, but he wasn't so good that he could transcend. He wasn't Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers could take the team on his back and, you know, mush. We're going forward. Here we go. You guys follow me. And Jay Cutler was more of a piece. And, um, you know, he was, he was a guy that, uh, that played well when he had talent around him. You have seen 2013, we had one of the best offenses uh, in football. And, uh, you know, you saw what he could do when he had the talent around him. But we didn't have it around him long enough, and then things went sideways. And, unfortunately, it just did not work uh, with Jay Cutler. So, anyway, I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode, the free agency review. Now, what we have coming up. You know, I, I talked about it briefly at the start of the show. We got the dra- uh, the draft preview coming up. We got the draft review coming up. We got the schedule release show coming up uh, as well. And uh, then after the draft, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then comes that that part. You guys like to fight with me about it <laughs> because, you know, I've, I've gotten some feedback on it. You, you guys like the episode. You don't. You love them. You hate them. It's my favorite part of the year outside of the actual season itself, and I'm talking, of course, about the opponent preview episodes. Now, we usually start around Memorial Day, the end of May, and then we just dig in and start talking to people until right around training, about a week or two before training camp starts. We take one little last hiatus before training camp starts, and then we're balls to the wall until the end of January, hopefully into February uh this year so but uh that's all coming and we've got some really really interesting opponents this season i mean we're playing first place teams so we got the rams and the saints those are our same place opponents as opposed to the bottom dwelling buccaneers and uh giants from last season you know we got first place rams and saints those are our same place opponents uh this season we got the afc west a and a crazy interesting division to talk about, we we we, we you know I, we're going to talk to somebody from the Raiders. I can't wait to do that. Uh, we talk to somebody from the Chiefs. Talk about Mahomes and what could have been had they played defense in the AFC Championship game. It could have been them hoisting the trophy against the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, but unfortunately that didn't work out. Obviously, it's going to be an interesting conversation when we talk about the uh, the Broncos with Vic Fangio going over there and, and when what could be the Joe Flacco trade uh, and whatnot going to uh, Denver. And then, of course, the uh, the L.A. Chargers and Philip Rivers and, and what they were able to do last season. Uh, and everything else. So I mean, that is a crazy, interesting division. And of course, we have the NFC East with the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Eagles, the new home of, of Jordan Howard, uh, and once again the New York Giants. And then of course our our division opponents in the Packers, the Lions, and the Vikings. Lots to talk about there uh, as well because we came and stole the division from everybody. The Bears weren't supposed to do that uh last season we may have been knocking on some doors last season but nobody expected us to come away uh and win the damn thing so lots to look forward to as far as those opponent previews i quite frankly can't wait for those to you know like i talked about at the beginning of the show where i find hard time i have a hard time finding motivation to get ready to do these shows in this dead period uh, of the season i come back for one show i'm gone for a couple of weeks going to do another show maybe gone for a little while when those opponent preview episodes get started i'm banging out like three episodes every five or six days uh, or something like that i mean i'm working nose to the grindstone i really love uh, that time of year i'm talking to new people and uh, making new contacts and all that kind of stuff and it's one of those things that i love uh, love so much and um, i'm looking forward to uh, to doing it again really looking forward uh, to that now speaking of episodes hopefully you guys are still with me here as we're getting ready to to wrap up if you like the Kyle Brandt episode uh you know the interview got a lot of great feedback on that had a lot of fun talking to Kyle hopefully I'll be able to reconnect with him see if maybe I can use this networking uh to my uh, advantage and uh see if maybe somebody else can come on the show thanks to to Kyle much like I got to Kyle through Jeff Perlman who we had on the show for the USFL book back In October, reaching out to people like Emory Moorhead and getting him to come on the show and regale us about the days with the 85 Bears and playing with sweetness and under Mike Ditka and, you know, practicing against the 46 defense and Buddy Ryan. and That was some good stuff. I really enjoyed that conversation as well. If you like these interviews, you like me doing shows like that. How about you guys help me? You know, help me out. If there's somebody that you want me to have on the show, let's hit them up on Twitter. You know, I mean, uh, to steal a page out of the guys from Bears Barroom, I think this is basically how they did it. They reached out to their audience and told them, basically, tell this guy he needs to be on the show. Let's do that. I'm pretty sure that's how they got uh, Akeem Hicks and Kyle Long uh, on the show uh, last year. I think they had uh, uh, Iggy Joel uh, Yoel uh, Iwe Buniwe uh, on the show as well i think they even talked to adrian amos lucky bastards i'm <laughs> i i do not know how they do that so that, that's you know from my things you know my interactions on twitter that's what i'm seeing is that they're reaching out and, and finally you know i guess they're kind of giving in my top two targets akeem hicks anthony miller so get on twitter find those guys tell them they need to be on the show and come talk to me so that we can uh you know we can hit them up, you know, follow me on Twitter uh, at BTU underscore Larry uh, on Twitter. Tell them that they need to come talk to me, be on the show. I'll retweet it. Let's get it going. Let's let's get a groundswell going. This is a call to action, guys. Help me out. Let's uh, let's see if we can't get uh, one of our Chicago Bears on the uh, on the show before the season Get started. I would love to talk to Anthony Miller. I would love to talk to Akeem Hicks or anybody you guys think that we should uh, have on the show, man. I just, I just love being able to do these interviews and and, and getting up close and personal uh, with these guys. Like I said, I I had so much fun uh, talking to to Kyle Brandt. I had you know so much fun talking to Emory Moorhead and even in in Jeff Perlman and talking about that book with the USFL. I'd really love uh, to keep doing interviews uh like that so uh so help me out if there's somebody that uh you think that i should have on the show reach out to them on twitter and you know make sure to tag me in it it's underscore btu underscore larry and i'll make sure to retweet it and reach out to the player myself and see what we can do let's work together and see if we can't get some uh some cool people uh on the show so anyway that is going to do it for the free agency review episode of the bears talk underground and uh, i will be back uh, in short order hopefully not too much uh, later Uh, i did like i said i reached out to scott wright our good friend from draftcountdown.com. he is our draft expert here at the bears talk underground hope to have him back soon to help us dig into this draft because we got to dig deep our first pick isn't until 87 how many you know i don't know 87 players who are going into the draft this year to tell you the truth since the bears don't have a top 10 pick for the first time in how many years i haven't really even been paying attention to mock drafts and who's going where because the bears aren't picking so i haven't really been paying attention scott wright will enlighten us all hopefully when we have him back on the show and then like i said shortly after that we should be talking about schedule release and when when and where the bears will be playing their 2019 schedule the road to miami and super bowl 54 wow anyway so that is going to do it for me Reach out to the players on Twitter. Make sure to tag me. Let's get a groundswell going. Get some of these guys on the show. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks when we do the draft preview. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hey, man.